Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. Today, though, we're talking about uh, the cure for worry. This is the finale, the cure for worry. And isn't it uh, Matthew 6, 34? And isn't amazing God's timing on this? Here we are finishing up a five-part series on worry, and God tests us with a hurricane, right? He gives us a test to see how we're doing with, it, with our worrying. And many of us have been affected, all of us have been affected, some worse than others. I know uh, just Bonnie and Maddie are waiting to see what happened to their house, and Jim and Diane are waiting to see what happened to their houses on, on the shore there. Uh, I know Lauren, I saw Lauren come in, car, the tree fell on three cars and the house, right? couple trees, three cars hit, and the house. A lot of people affected. The, um, our roof, you say our roof, you know, shingles, not a big deal, but it's, you know, everybody. Did I miss anything big major that I missed? Because I've been asking everybody to be praying for each other. Anybody want, have something big for prayer that you were deeply affected? Okay, I think we got pretty much everybody been able to get a hold of us on that. Now, uh, power almost out on almost everybody. I think the Roarbacks are still strength. Are the Roarbacks here? Did they get here? Sorry, I can't see with uh, my spotlight. But uh, I don't think they're here. They're trapped because the trees fell over both sides of the road and the power lines and they couldn't get out, but he's able to communicate. So pray for the Roarbacks. They're out there. I hope we learn something from this and that we all need to be prepared. <laughs> uh, the that God, I think God is allowing all these things to keep happening incrementally, bigger each time, to prepare us for, for a reason. Matthew 24 talks about, as it comes closer for time for Jesus to come back again, there will be birth pains. And if you know anything about birth pains, they increase in intensity, increase in intensity. And events are going to happen, uh, physical events, uh, political events, all kinds of things are going to happen that are going to increase in intensity that are going to get their, us ready for the return of Christ. Matthew 24, great passage to read on this. And I really think that God wants us to be prepared. We have to be prepared spiritually, first of all. have to be prepared physically. There's a lot of things that we're all seeing that we're not ready for. Birth pain's increasing. Let's learn from this because it's a, not just to take care of ourselves, but also what a chance to minister to other people, to be able to say, hey, come on over. I have a generator. Come on over. We have food. Come on over. We have water. Whatever it is, there's so many ways that we can minister to people if we're prepared. And the Bible does teach not to worry, but it does teach us to be prepared. There's a big difference between being prepared and worrying, okay? So anyway, that's all free. Uh, storm, the storm stress test. How did we handle the storm stress test? How did you handle it? We're not pointing any fingers. I know our kids handled it very well. They were so excited. Anybody with kids? Yeah, no school, right? Uh, they were like, wait, hoping the power, when's the power going to go out? When's it going to go out? They wanted to have a big party and have fun. And it was, it was fun. For, we only lost it for one night. Some of you didn't think it was quite as much fun as my kids did. But, but it, we had this big party and everybody's having fun and candles going and playing games and Kim did trick-or-treating in the house, candy, door to, you know, in a different room. She gave out candy to the kids as they went, you know, different, different doors. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, they got to eat ice cream because it was melting, so they got to eat all this ice cream. Yeah, it was, it was wonderful. Now, adults, I, I don't, and it was Mikey's birthday. It was also the, the 30, 30th was Mikey's birthday. Last birthday, we had the big snowstorm, no power. This time, we had the hurricane. I said, Mikey, what are you going to w- wish for next for your birthday? And he said, I think an uh, earthquake. I said, stop it, stop it, stop it. So, 
we as adults didn't quite have as much fun with the storm as the kids did because we have responsibilities, but there will be many storms in our lives, won't there? A lot of different kinds of storms. How are we going to handle those storms in our life? Are we going to do it through faith or fear? Fear or faith? How are we going to handle these storms? And we have already gone through Matthew six twenty-five to 33. If you missed it, get the tapes, the CDs, because it all builds on itself. We did actually did five different parts to it already. I'm sorry, this is the fifth part. Or you can go on the podcast, same thing. But in Matthew 6.25, remember back Matthew 6.25, don't worry, be happy. Little did we know about the hurricane coming, right? And remember we talked about pray, do our best. Got that slide for me, Josh? Do, do your best. There we go. Do your best for God. Pray that it would be blessed by God, and then we rest in God. We do our best with, with a situation. Then we pray God would bless it. Do whatever, God, whatever you want to do with this situation, do it. Because his blessings often take different forms than we would like them to be, right? Success and health and wealth. That's what we like. But oftentimes blessings are, are uh, incognito blessings. They're uh, disguised as, as trials, right? So we pray that God would bless it. And then we just rest. We leave it in God's hands. And I've been using this over and over and over again in my life, and I hope that you are too, that you just keep that perspective. Then we move from there to Matthew 6, 26 to 31, where we worry-proofed. And what were the two worry-proofing reminders for us? Birds and flowers. Every time we see the birds, flowers, it's a reminder that God's going to take care of us. If we're remembering that, it's, it's a reminder. Then we went from that to Matthew 6, 32, and we started the cure for worry. And we did the cure for worry, and the first cure was in Matthew 6, 32, focus on our Father. He's our daddy. We realize that. We remember that he loves us. He cares about us. And he's looking out for us. And we talked about how important it is to make God our Father, to put our faith in Jesus Christ and, and give our life to Christ and make him our Father. And then we, the second thing is Matthew 6.33. We said the second part of the cure is to focus on God's kingdom and righteousness. Okay, focusing on his kingdom and righteousness. And if we do that, we're going to get eternal life. And then on top of that, he throws in taking care of this life too. He takes, he's going to take care of the needs in this to boot, right? Today is the final part of the cure that Jesus gives for worry here. And before we do that, let me pray. Father, I thank you for bringing us all together this morning. And we all have a lot to worry about today, every one of us. Even before the hurricane hit, we had plenty to worry about. And that's just multiplied it. But Lord, we pray that your spirit would speak to us now. And just as Noah was in the ark at peace in the midst of that horrible storm, that we could have that same peace, no matter what storm of life that we're facing. And I pray that you would use us to touch other people and, and use what we're going through and how your grace is, is pouring into us, that it would pour out to other folks, touching those all around us. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 6, 34, the final part. After this, you will never worry again. This is, this is good. Verse 34, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The final part, we focus on the Father, we focus on God's kingdom and his righteousness, and then we focus on today. The third part is we focus on today. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. What's tomorrow? The future. Anytime, anytime in the future, 
from this day, anytime. That's what he's saying. Don't worry about it. Now, once again, he's not saying don't plan for the future. Uh, the Bible teaches you read the book of Proverbs to prepare and to save and, and not to be obsessive, but prepare and save. But there's a big difference between preparing and worrying about it. It's actually crazy to worry about tomorrow. I, one of my favorite authors is Arthur Pink. I think he died in the 50s or something. It, but he writes these commentaries, but they're really not commentaries, they're devotionals. I just love to read his devotionals, and, and I get so much out of them. And, and he made a great point on this. I, I highlighted it all. He said it's crazy to worry about tomorrow because tomorrow may never come. We, we may never see tomorrow. Jesus could come before tomorrow, or we could die and go to Jesus and be with him. Either way, tomorrow could very easily not, there could not be a tomorrow. And if there is a tomorrow... If there is a tomorrow, the same God that we're trusting today for grace will be there tomorrow to trust and to depend on. It's the same God today and tomorrow. Same God. And worrying doesn't do us any good. It doesn't do us any good, worrying. It it doesn't take away tomorrow's problems, just today's peace. Right? Worrying does not take away tomorrow's problems. It only takes away today's peace. And worrying does not help prepare us uh, to, to deal with tomorrow's crises that may come, but which probably will, will come. It doesn't help us to deal with that. It just drains our energy and our ability to cope with today and tomorrow. That's what it does, right? It doesn't help us prepare worrying. It just drains us. And takes away our energy, our spiritual energy, our emotional energy, our mental energy, our physical energy that we're going to need to deal with what we're dealing with today and tomorrow. That's all it does. And Jesus here is teaching us to focus on today. There's plenty of struggles today. We don't need to pile on tomorrow's struggles on top of it. And, and this, I, I really think this is a really powerful point Jesus is making. Think about this. We are rarely crushed, not never, but rarely are we crushed by today's problems. Rarely. It's only when we add tomorrow's worries on top of them that we are overwhelmed. Isn't that true? And I I wrote, I remember, I don't know where I heard this or saw it or thought, I can't remember what happened, but I just have it written on the back of the verse card that I have here, that that concept that I can handle today. I can't handle it. By God's help, by God's grace, I know I, can, I have food, I have clothes, I've got everything. Today I can get through. But whenever I start worrying, thinking about tomorrow, I get anxious. Why? Because, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with this and that and this and that? And, and, and you know, how am I going to take care of the roof that needs shingles? And, and how am I going to pay for my kid's college? And how am I going to blah, blah, you know, retire? And, you, know, you just start throwing things on top and you, we're buried very quickly. Um, most of my anxiety, I know, comes from worrying about tomorrow. It's not today. Every one of us has the grace for today. It's when we add on tomorrow that we're overwhelmed. Or, here's another one, when we don't let go of yesterday. So many of us are like a ship dragging an anchor. You know, we're just dragging yesterday along with us. We won't let go of the regrets. We don't let go of the shame. We don't let go of the guilt. We don't let go of the blame. We don't let go of the bitterness. And as a result, what happens? We end up paralyzed by yesterday. Those are, the, those are the two, it's not just the future, but it's yesterday too. There's a, a great poem that I saved from, I don't know when, but I'll tell you, I can tell you who wrote it. Roger Burdett, it's not a poem, it's a little devotional. He said, there's two golden days, 
There are two days of the week upon which I never worry, two carefree days kept secretly free from fear and apprehension. One of these days is yesterday. Yesterday with its cares and frets, all its pains and aches, all of its faults, its mistakes, its blunders. It is past forever beyond my recall. I cannot undo an act I wrought. I cannot unsay a word that I said. All that it holds of my life of wrongs, regret, sorrow is in the hands of the mighty love that can bring bad out of good. I'm sorry, good out of bad. Bring good out of bad. I'm paraphrasing a little bit what he's saying here. Save for the beautiful memories, sweet and tender, that linger like the perfume of roses in the heart of the day that is gone. I have nothing to do with yesterday. It was mine. Now it is God's. The other day I do not worry about is tomorrow. With all its possibilities, its burdens, its perils, its large promise and poor performance, its failures and mistakes are beyond my mastery. It's God's day. Until then, the same love and patience that held yesterday holds tomorrow. There is left for myself then but one day in the week. Today. Anyone can carry the burdens of just one day. It is when we willfully add the burdens of those two awful eternities, yesterday and tomorrow, such burdens as only the mighty God can sustain that we break down. It's not the experience of something that happened yesterday. And, and I'm sorry, it's the experience of something that happened yesterday and the dread of what happens tomorrow that pulls us down. These are God's days. Leave them to Him. Therefore, I think and I do. I journey, but not, but I journey, but one day at a time. That is the best way, and it is the way God has given us. And then He goes on to say, "God, the Almighty, takes care of yesterday and tomorrow." And that's powerful, isn't it? It's true. It's it's when we add, and Jesus is making this point: when we add the worries of tomorrow, that's when we get crazy. That's when it hits us. The key is to focus on today, to stay in today. God promises us grace for today. What about tomorrow? Well, when you get there, it'll be today. And God will give us the grace. What about college? What about retirement? What about, what about, what about, what about? We'll worry about that today. We won't worry about it. We'll trust God on that day for that day. We have to take it, there's a saying in sports, take it one Game at a time. Christiansons aren't here. I'm sure they're, they would appreciate this. You know, the Giants were down 3-1 to one in the NLCS, right? And it looked like it was over. But they took it one game at a time. They came back. Then they win the World Series. One game at a time. One day at a time. That's all we take. It came as a poem on the fridge. I grabbed this too. We have a lot of reminders. It says, Step by Step by Barbara Ryberg. He does not lead me year by year, nor even day by day, but step by step my path unfolds, my Lord directs my way. Tomorrow's path I do not know, I only know this minute, but he will say, this is the way, by faith now walk ye in it. And I am glad that it is so, today's enough to bear, and when tomorrow comes, his grace shall far exceed its care. Who needs to worry then or fret? The God who gave his son holds all my moments in his hand and gives them one by one. How are we doing? How are we doing with focusing on today? Too many times we're like 
Charlie Brown. I remember watching the Charlie Brown movie. Um, what was it called? A boy named Charlie Brown. He's one of my favorite guys here. And everything was going wrong. The kite wouldn't fly, and the baseball team lost. You know Charlie Brown's life. I got a rock, you know, and he's out trick or treating, right? And uh, he, I remember his his line. He said, "I've made a resolution. I'm I've decided I'm only going to dread one day at a time." That's not what Jesus is talking about, but he's almost there. Charlie Brown's almost there. He wants us to face one day. He wants us to face today. And when tomorrow comes, that's today. He wants us to face it with faith, not fear, not with dread, but one day. Just face this day with faith today. What are we focusing on this morning? Is it our fear? Is it worry? Is it anxiety? Is it fear? The things that make us fearful? Or is it our faith in God, trusting Him to give us the grace for today? If that makes all the difference on how we handle what we're going through. That makes all the difference in how we handle that fear and the stress and anxiety. Whatever. We all have many things here. We can make a list, right? What It makes all the difference. I remember when I was a kid, one of my favorite shows was, the, was the Kung Fu. Kung Fu, I don't know the official name, but I remember David Carradine, I think the guy was. And uh, Ah Grasapa. Remember that one? So, so I remember the one show I really remember well was he was trying to teach him how to overcome fear, and he brought him into a room, and the, and the guy, the teacher was blind. Remember, the, the guy, teacher had lost his sight. And so he, he brings him into this dark room, and there was a, a, a pit filled with acid. And there was a bar over the, the pit. And in the pit, you could see skeletons down in the water. They were still in the water where people had fallen in. And he says, this is where you're going to really learn to, to overcome your fear and, 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 uh, and how to get, get over fear. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to walk across. But first, the blind teacher walked over. He took his pole. And he walked right over it and turned around and walked back. And he says, now I want you to do it. And the kid was so scared. The little guy, you know, he's got that bald head with a ponytail there and he's pigtail and he's he's like he's all scared and and, he, and, he, and it wasn't really that hard of a bar but just knowing the acid was there was really freaking him out and he starts walking across and I'm, I was watching and how's he going to do this and he's walking and he gets about halfway across and he fell into the acid turned out it was just water and the teacher said oh grasshopper and he took his pole and he pulled out the skeleton. It was a fake skeleton. It wasn't a real body. And he, said, and he, and he taught him this lesson. And he says, listen, don't focus on the acid. Don't focus on your fear. Keep your eyes on the path. If that pole had just been sitting on the ground, you could have run right across it, right? But just knowing he was up high over this acid and going to die, it freaked him out and he fell in. And it's the same with us. We, we can't focus. Jesus doesn't want us to focus on what could happen. He wants us to focus by faith. By faith, we take one step at a time. And we keep our eyes on Jesus each step of the way. Staying in today is really staying in God's grace and focusing on our, our faith in Christ. That's what he's really saying. Focusing on today is focusing on our faith. On Jesus. And the key to being able to do this is communion. Communing, communion is really communing with God. It's that ongoing daily communion time with God that we need. And I know some of you were sharing with me, yeah, it's, I've been freaked out. I haven't had quiet time because it's been so crazy. haven't been able to have any time with God. And we're just, you, a lot of us are feeling freaked out over that, right? Because we need that 
time with God, that communion time with him that we, we need, that staying close to our Father and staying close with, with, with our Savior, Jesus Christ, and let, just talking to him constantly is so, so important. I was just this morning looking through this, and a, a, a hymn hit me. And I asked Josh to put a couple of verses up. I didn't have time to get a hold of Mike, and since I don't, he didn't, do you have electricity yet, Mike? <laughs> I don't think they have electricity yet. But anyway, uh, the, the, the song is called "Day by Day," and I'm going to just try to sing it with you guys. You guys can join me in it. The, the, a couple of verses, but it, it just the, ver, the song just kept coming back to me, coming back to me. So I grabbed up my old hymn book. It's dusted it off, and uh, and it ran off a copy and asked Josh to come up with some verses. But this, do you remember, how many remember this one, this, this hymn? Listen to the words. Even if you're not familiar with the tune, I'm going to just try to sing it. Just put up with me. All right. Don't be afraid. Okay. So, uh, all right. I'm going to try to sing it. But help me out. Who knows? But focus on the words. Don't focus on my voice. Focus on the words because it's just powerful. Let me see if I can start this right. It's easy for me to talk. Singing is hard part. All right. <clears throat> okay, it goes. Day by day and with each passing moment, strength I find to meet my trials here. Trusting in my Father's wise bestowment, I've no cause for worry or for fear. He whose heart is kind beyond all measure gives us un- gives unto each day what he deems best. Lovingly, it's part of pain and pleasure, mingling toil with peace and rest. Help me then in every tribulation, so to trust thy promises, O Lord, that I lose not faith's sweet consolation offered me within thy holy word. Help me, Lord, when toil and trouble meeting Ere to take as from a father's hand One by one the days the moments fleeting Till I reach the promised land Powerful, isn't it? Communion, staying close to God That attitude, that surrender, that Surrender. Whatever you want, God. Whatever you want. What will glorify you? What will accomplish your will? Put the person you want in office as president. I know who I'd like to see, but God, who do you want? Surrender. Do what you want with my kids. Just like the guy in the boat. Losing his children. What, what do you want to do with my kids? I know what I like to see. Happy, wealthy, wise, right? Do whatever you want to do with my job, with my life, with my health, with my marriage. 
So we can only get there and stay there and not worry about it by staying in communion. That communion, that closeness with him. And that's what communion is all about. It's a reminder that we need to commune with God, that we need to stay close to him. And it's a reminding us of what Jesus did for us. No matter what we're going through, we didn't die on a cross. Only one person did that. Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men. He died on that cross to save us, to take away our sin, to wash us clean, to give us a brand new life. And it's a reminder how we need to stay close to him and keep this relationship clean. And if there's anything in our life that's hurting our relationship to God, this is the time to confess that and to take it to God and to, to be free of that. And as we take this, the, the bread here in a few moments, we take the bread, it's his body, a reminder of his body. We take the cup, it's a reminder of his blood that he gave. It's a time to confess our sins to God. Maybe even to someone else here. Maybe you need to pray with somebody. It's a time to reconnect with God. Maybe what we need to confess is worry and, and, and giving into the worry and, and the stress and not trusting God. Maybe you're here and you're not a Christian yet. You've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. And today is your first step of saying, I do believe Jesus gave his body and blood for me. He died on that cross for me so that I could be forgiven, so that I could live a, a worry-free life, so I could live the real life you want me to live here on this earth and live with you forever someday, God. I put my faith in him. I trust in him. I give my life to Jesus. Maybe that's the step here. If you're not ready to put your faith in Christ, you've never done that, then just stay in your seat and pray and meditate and think about it. There's no pressure on you. This is for those who have put their faith in Christ. And if there's something in our life that we're not willing to let go. I'm not saying we're not, we don't have to be perfect. But if there's something in our life we say, God, you can't have this. This is off limits. This is mine. My sin. If there's something in our life like that that we're not willing to surrender, then that's wait to Wait for the next time around. Wait till we can surrender that to God. But I hope everybody here surrenders whatever we need to surrender. Confess whatever we need to confess. Get connected with God. Get close with God. And let this be the start of communing with him every day. All the time. Day by day. Minute by minute. Second by second. I hope everybody takes that step. It's between you and God, though. I'm going to pray, and then after we're done praying, we'll just have a little bit of music, and you can come and take it as you feel that, okay? You can take it back to your seat. You can take it up front. You can take it with somebody. You can take it alone. However you feel that, it's between you and God. As we go this time of prayer, let's begin this time of communion with prayer. How is the Holy Spirit speaking to us this morning? What is God saying directly to each one of our hearts? Maybe here today you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. You live a life of fear, of worry, because you're not a child of God and you don't have the Christ in you, but you can have it today. The Holy Spirit will be in you if you put your faith in Christ. And God will have a, you'll have a total connection with God, not as somebody you fear, but as someone that loves you as your Father, a heavenly Father, a perfect Father. Are you ready to take that step of faith? To pray that prayer of faith? Right where you're sitting, it's between you and God. To something like this, God, I repent of my sin. I turn away from my old life and the garbage in my life that goes against your word and goes against your plan for me and what you want for me. 
And I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me. Through your son, Jesus Christ. Who I believe died for me. He died on the cross for me. And he came back alive for me. So that I could live a new life. And be a new person. I give my life to him. If you've prayed that. It doesn't have to be those words. But God knows our hearts. If you pray that, you've just become a child of God. You can now commune with God anytime. You can talk to him anytime, anywhere, about anything. Whether you're doing great, whether you're messing up, whatever, he is there. And you don't have to live in fear anymore. You can start to walk in faith and live in faith and let that faith start replacing our fears day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, second by second. I want to encourage you, if you have taken a step, to let somebody know. If you came with a friend or know someone here or tell me, fill out the card in the bulletin, tell me, tell me on the way out, email. Just let somebody know so that we can be excited for you and and help you grow in your new faith. For the rest of us, what is God speaking to us about this morning? Let's just take some time for prayer, and when you're ready, come up and take the communion. But let's just take this time to... Ask God to speak to us and to surrender whatever we need to surrender and wrestle with whatever we need to wrestle with. Father, I pray for each one of us that we would live the life you've called us to live, that you've saved us to live, that you want us to live, a life of not fear, of worry, of stress, of anxiety, but a life of peace and of faith. We can only do this with your Holy Spirit's power. Pray that in Jesus' name.